Man, I'm really excited about what God is doing for you this year. Amen? It's going to be a great, wonderful year. Uh, One of the things that I feel like God is trying to get us to understand and really grab a hold of is exactly what it is that God has done for you. To really grab a hold of and comprehend how grand and how amazing this gift that we've been given that is Jesus Christ, but also the restoration of this uh, relationship that we now have with God, amen? You guys have now been translated from death into life because of what Jesus has done on the cross. You are now righteous beings because of what God has done through Jesus Christ, amen? That is something to be grateful for. That is something to hold on to. That is something to fight for. And what I hope for and what I believe for and what God is trying to get you guys to understand is that if you can grab a hold of this simple truth, it will change the way that you live your life. If you can be grateful for how and what God has done for you, it'll change the way you walk, it'll change the way you talk, and it'll change the way you live, amen? So we're gonna start over in the book of Luke tonight. Chapter 17, we're talking about being grateful. We're talking about gratitude. Starting in verse 11, it says, while Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one of the villages, he was met by 10 lepers. They stood at a distance and raised their voices shouting, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they were on their way, they were cleansed. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He fell face down at Jesus' feet in thanksgiving to him, and he was a Samaritan. Verse 17 says, were not all 10 cleansed, Jesus asked? Where then are the other nine? Was no one found except this foreigner to return and give glory to God? And Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Talking about being grateful, talking about being grateful for what God has done for you. Talking about how when we come to God with gratitude, with what he's done for us, not only does it change the way that we walk and talk and maybe on the outside, but it also changes our innermost being. This verse right here where it says, your faith has made you well, that well has to do with the state of his soul. If you take it down to the Greek, he's talking about now because you've given me gratitude, because you've given me thanks, not only has your physical body been healed, not only have you been healed of your leprosy, your uncleanness, your soul has now been made well. Talking about gratitude. All right, let's pray real quick and get our hearts ready to receive tonight. Father God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this place, Lord. I thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your presence, that you'd meet us in this space tonight to love on us, to give us word, and to give us insight and direction, Father God. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Do I have any like sports fanatics in here, like people that are like hardcore, super duper fans. Like I wanna know that you're like, these hands are up, but I wanna know that you were like the ride or die. Like it could be like the worst of the worst is happening, but you are still their number one fan. Well, Scott, why don't you come up down? Who else, who else? Daisy, you're a super fan? Come on down. What you got, Isaiah? Come on down. You can be my, one, of my, one, of my, one of my few up here. You guys can just stand right here in a line for me right there in front of the table. That'd be great. Daisy, what are you a super fan of? Georgia football team. Georgia football team. 
what would you do if you were able to be at a Georgia football team? Like, how would you act if you were in the stands? I would be really loud. Yell. No. No. Why not? No, because I would be really loud and yell. I thought you were a super fan. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Show us what the super fan should be like. Okay. Okay. Thinking. So I have to yell. Like I have to be really loud. You're the super fan. I love you, Georgia Bulldog fan. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's great. That's wonderful. All right, you can go ahead and have a seat. Isaiah, who's your favorite team? Dallas Cowboys. Okay. How would you be in the stands? I mean, I would be excited. You'd be excited. Yeah. I wouldn't scream. Would you act like this? No, no, no. I would be like, I don't know, like jumping, I guess. I don't know. But I wouldn't scream. You wouldn't, I don't, scream. You no, wouldn't I don't. paint your face? No. You wouldn't get decked out in the Dallas Cowboy gear? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would wear like Micah Parsons, but like that's it. All right. This is a, a super fan right here, guys. He's, he's really excited about his team. Scott, who's your team? Uh, Louisville Cardinals. Okay. And how would you be if you were that, at that game? Uh, really excited. Like, Show us. I'll be like, Louisville, let's get this done! Yeah, that's right. Let's get this done. Yes. Woo, man. Okay, I, this is just a little silly illustration, of course. But what I'm trying to get you guys to understand is, is we get so excited about football. We get so excited about basketball. We get so excited about video games. I mean, there's even like people that dedicate like months to like cosplay, you know what I mean? Because they're just that into it and they get so excited. Nomad has been many a places in many a costume. He spent many a time because he's such a super fan of the characters that he goes all out and he spends his hard-earned money because he loves it so much. But yet, (laughs) none of those anime characters have ever done anything for Nomad (laughs) other than give him temporary joy and temporary fulfillment. Have the Louisville Cardinals ever really done a whole lot for you? They've kind of done stuff for you. They made you feel good in the moment and you got that win. Yeah, but he hasn't, they, they haven't like provided something for you. They haven't like given you, you know, uh, a gift. They haven't given you a prize just for being a fan, just for being someone that's in attendance of the game, just because you shouted really loud. And they, you know, they didn't do anything for you because they are not meant to do that. They are not meant to provide anything like that because it's just for fun. But yet we get super psyched and we get super stoked. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's great. That's wonderful. That's amazing. We're meant to enjoy this life. You're meant to enjoy football. You're meant to enjoy video games. You're meant to enjoy all these things in proportion, of course. You know, they don't need to be the number one thing of your life because that could be a little bit, you know, sketchy and a little bit weird. But, you know, hey, so all I'm saying is that we get overly excited about all these things. But when we come into like a space like this, we're like, ah, supposedly Jesus has done a whole lot for me. And that sounds super exciting, but I'm just going to sit right here. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, God. Oh, everyone's looking at me right now. I don't know. I mean, I love you, Lord. (laughs) I love you, God, but everyone's looking at me right now. I don't know what to do. I guess I'll do that. And and then I I understand we've all been there. We've all been in this place sometimes, you know, in a church setting. We're just like, I feel really weird. I feel really uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what the words are. But when we finally, I feel like when it comes to like the Louisville Cardinals or when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys or that Georgia team that Daisy talked about, I I don't remember anymore. But what I'm saying is at some point in your life, you decided they are worth my excitement. 
There was some point in time, whether it was when you were like a really young child where someone's like, this is your team and you accepted it or something happened at a game and you're like, this is my team and you got excited about it. You gave yourself permission to get excited. And God is trying to say, look, you have my permission to get excited for what I've done for you. You know, the, that, that, that man that was in this account in Luke 17, you know, it, it's very on purpose that it talks about the nine and the one. And, and to really bring this into context for you guys, there was nine of these lepers and they were Jewish men or women. I'm not really sure exactly, but they were Jewish people, nine of them. And then there was one Samaritan. And now a Samaritan, for those of you that don't know, was a mixed race individual. And at that time they were looked down upon. They were actually like scoffed at and people turned their nose up at them. They were like, oh, they're gross. They're, they're Samaritans, they're awful. It was really awful, like they were treated terribly. And so it was not cool, it was not good, but it was a big deal because these nine Jewish people, these nine Jewish individuals, when Jesus told them to go see the priest, they were following the Jewish law and custom at the time. And that's why Jew, uh, Jesus told them to go see the priest. Because at that time, and I'm so glad we don't have to do this anymore, a, a priest would have to inspect the body of the person that was infected with leprosy. That would be like today in this age, every time that you got sick, I had to come and inspect you to make sure that you're good to go to school again. That's enough, yeah, no, no thank you. Thank you God for sending Jesus so I don't have to do that because that's weird and that's gross. But Jesus is saying, I have a different way of doing this now because of you know, what I've done for you. But what's crazy is about in this moment, in this time, they were just following and doing what Jesus said. They were just following and knew, doing what they always knew to do. But this person, this man, this guy, he was like, I'm not a Jewish person. I don't follow the Jewish laws. I don't have to go see a priest. He was like talking to his buddies. He was like, hey, hey, we just got healed, guys. And they're like, yeah. We're going to the priests though. That's what he told us to do. They're following after what Jesus said, but this guy, he was like, no, 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 no. We're already healed. We're already healed. And that's why he turned back and he went back to Jesus and he was like, hey, Jesus, yo, I'm cleansed, man. You healed me. I don't have leprosy anymore. And he's like, thank you. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> seriously, you guys, this was a big deal. When you had leprosy, you didn't just have leprosy and you just went about your life. You had to be an arm's distance away from any person and you had to announce to them, I have leprosy. So like when you would go to school, you'd have to be like, I have strep throat. I have a headache. I have bathroom issues. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is. But you had to tell people your issues. You had to tell them what was wrong with you. You had to let them know. And oftentimes, not only did this happen to you, but you're also like shunned in the community. When you had leprosy, it was seen that you did something to cause the leprosy. You sinned so bad that you made leprosy happen to yourself. And oftentimes, if it wasn't you that sinned, they said that your family sinned or that your uncle sinned. And so there was a lot of shame with leprosy. There was a lot of loneliness with leprosy. There's a lot of guilt with leprosy at this time. We as individuals, not, 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 not that we all have had leprosy or anything like that, but, but we have all been in a condition 
before we accepted Jesus, before we accepted him as our savior, before we accepted him as our Lord, we were in a different state of being. We were empty. We, we, we were on our own. We had no, I mean, we might, you might have people in your life, but you didn't have God. You didn't have the one, the creator of the universe with you to help you. You see, what Jesus has done for us has made this possible. We don't have to excommunicate ourselves anymore. You can take your Bible off your head. That's really not necessary at this moment. I appreciate the, the gesture though, I guess, you know. Uh, but, you know, we have to recognize the gift. We have to recognize the weight of what has been done for us. Now, I understand most of you guys are in sixth grade, seventh grade, but, but, but this is very real. You have a new access. You have a, have a new position. You, 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 are tran- you are no longer alone. You are no longer broken. You are no longer in a state of uncertainty. You are in a state of promise. You're in a state of prosperity. It, it talks about over here in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord and Jesus Christ. So not only has your eternal soul been saved, but you've also been given victory in this life. You don't have to deal with these, 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 these earthly things in the same way that people back then had to because of what Jesus is, he's now your healer. He's now your delivery. He is your victor. Second Corinthians 5, 21 out of the ESV, it says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Your righteousness gives you access to the promises of God. John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come to give you an abundant life. This abundance, this abundant life is life to the full, meaning that you won't have lack, that you won't want for anything, that you won't be sick, that you won't be poor, that you won't be hopeless, that you won't be broken, but we have to understand that it's ours for the taking. We gotta be grateful for what's been given over to us. You know, John 3, 16 and 17, you know, it says that Jesus, you know, God sent his son into the world. Whoever may believe in him may be saved. And it said that he didn't come into this world to judge the world, but to rescue this world. You have been rescued from the world. You've been rescued. You know, God, God thought so highly of you, so greatly of you. He, he, he sees you. He saw you. You know, Jesus, it talks about in Hebrews 12, 12, uh, 12, 2, I believe it is, where it says, with the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You were, you are the joy in Jesus' eyes. You were worth going to the cross for. You were worth going through punishment for and pain for. You know, I feel like when, when someone gives you a gift like that, we should be excited, right? I mean, you guys think about what you got for Christmas. When you opened that, that big gift up, that one that you've really been wanting, that one that you, you've been all you're asking your mom and dad for, or Santa for. Okay, good. You ask your mom and dad for, and then when you finally got it and you opened it up, you're like, yes! Woo! I finally got the shoes that I wanted. I finally got the Nintendo Switch. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Ah! And you're like, 
stoked and you're so excited because you know that they gave it for you because they cared about you and they knew that you wanted it and you were just so excited and then you spent like four days in your room, closed in, no showering, crumbs on the floor, just playing your video games and then you came out and your parents were like, whoa, really glad you like that gift, buddy. <laughs> But that is how we should be with God. We have to understand he's bringing you through things and he's already brought you through things. We gotta be grateful for that. You know, over the past three years, we were just talking about, oh my gosh, in just a couple months, it's gonna be March. It's been three years since COVID stuff has happened. A lot of stuff, like God has brought you guys through COVID. He's brought you through racial injustice. He's brought you through anxiety. He's brought you through fears. He's brought you through worries. He's brought you through so much. What more is he gonna do for you? You know, I, 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 I love this verse so much and it's completely out of order from when I, where I thought it was gonna be, but it's fine. It's okay because God is wonderful. It says Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let this peace that comes from Christ. So this, this peace that you get from God, this peace that you get from Jesus when you accept him as Lord, it's a, it's a comfort, it's a security, it's a knowing that now I'm his. And so now you have peace. And this peace that's talked about in John 14, when he says, and I give this to you, my peace. When Jesus says, I leave my peace with you, not as the world gives, because that's temporary peace. When Jesus says, I give you my peace, it's security. It, it's, it is prosperity. When you take it back to the root, it, it means I'm leaving you prosperity. And prosperity in, in a simple definition is all of the promises of God encompassed in one, security, deliverance, health, no lack, abundance, all these wonderful things. And so in here in Colossians 3.15, when it says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. See, we don't need to be ruled or governed by pains in our body. We don't need to be ruled and governed by when, when someone says something bad about us, that it makes us start to think in our mind, like, oh, am I really that way? Am I really awful? Am I really, like, not cool? Am I, am I really, like, like that? Do they really not like me? Is my voice really that weird? Or whatever it might be. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we, we get these things in our mind, and the devil likes to try to use them to get us to think we don't have peace. We don't have everything that it takes. We are losers. We don't have this, that, and the other all together. But Jesus is saying, don't let anything outside of my peace Rule your hearts. And when we're grateful for what he's done for us, it rules your heart. That man, when he realized, oh snap, I don't got leprosy anymore. I don't, my fingers are growing back. My nose is back. My, my skin's cleared up. I don't have all these things. Jesus, I don't have to go to the priest because I'm already clean. That doesn't rule my heart. His peace and what he's done for me does and that directed his step to go back to Jesus. <sighs> there was so much more for the other nine that only the one received. I'll answer questions later, Scott. I appreciate you putting your hand up though, but if you, if you can remember that question, we'll answer it later. There was so many, if you gotta go, you can go ahead and if your dad's here, that's cool. Um, 
There's so much more that was made available to those, that, that, those men, but only the one got because he went back to Jesus. Now, that's not to say that the other nine couldn't still get it if they, you know, in their own time, some way, somehow found him at that, you know, and we never hear about it. We don't know. We don't know what happened to the other nine at that point. We just kind of assume that we never see them again. But there's so much more available for them and, and they missed out. But, but that one, because he was grateful, because he understood the weight and the gravity of what really happened to him, it completely changed the way he thought and lived and turned around and got back to Jesus. And that was when it said that his faith made him well. I don't wanna miss out on everything that God has for me. I don't wanna miss out on anything that God has for me. I wanna be grateful for what he's already done and I wanna be grateful for what else he's gonna do. And so I'm gonna keep coming back. I'm gonna keep coming back to him so that way I can get everything. I wanna get all of it. Say, I want all of it. Say, I want all of it. So over here in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. And Psalms 106, one says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. God is faithful and his love lasts forever. And I was thinking about love and I was thinking about trying to, to kind of shed a little bit more light on that. And, you know, we know that God is love, right? Right, God is love, God is love, he is love. And, and over here in 1 Corinthians 13, four, it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or, or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So if you're thinking like, all right, cool, like, yeah, I'm grateful that Jesus has died for me, you know, whatever, like, yeah, I'm thankful. You know, like, if that's you, if that, but you need, like, you don't owe other things to be grateful for, this is it right here. It's basically saying God is patient and kind. He's not envious or boastful and he's not arrogant or rude and he doesn't insist. And he's not irritable or resentful. He doesn't rejoice at wrong. He, he, replaces, he rejoices with the truth and he bears all your things. He believes in you. He hopes for you and he endures it all with you. You have a God that is close with you, that, that wants to be intimately involved in your life. They wants to be not just this outside, once every now and then, give a little bit of a hand up, recognition, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Like, no, he, he wants to be actively a part of your life and he wants to experience your love for him, which, which is, is, it comes from gratitude. It comes from being grateful you know, when you're grateful to somebody, you show an appropriate response. And if you're really grateful for the real God, I believe it's gonna produce a real demonstration of your love for him. And that's something that, that, that God is wanting to challenge you in the coming weeks this year, just to really grab a hold of exactly what it is he's done for you. Not only has he given you salvation, but he's given you the more. He's given you so many more promises. And, and I'm only just scratching the surface tonight, but 
But I just want you to know this, that God has amazing, wonderful things for you. And, and, and the only way, the best way to make that a part of your life is to actually go to him and be thankful for him and lean into him and, and talk to him and fellowship with him and worship him and read your word. And, and when you dig into those places and really tap into that relationship with him, it's gonna make you even more grateful. Believe God for greater understanding and greater revelation of exactly what it is that he's done for you. Ask him to make it real to you. And he'll do it. It says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Ask God. Seek after him. You'll find it. Are you grateful? Are you grateful for what he's done for you? Let's bow our heads and pray real quick. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done for all these individuals, Father God, and what you've done for me and what you've done for the leaders, Lord. I'm just so blessed and thankful for your love and for your son. It could have been so different for me and for a lot of us in this room, Lord, but you love us so much and you care so much because of this salvation, because of this righteous position. We no longer have those paths ahead of us. But it's your path that's in front of us. We thank you for it, God. And God, I pray for every single person in this room tonight that you make yourself more and more real to them. Make your love grow even deeper in their hearts, Father God. May your voice be even louder for them to hear, God. I just thank you as they really press into this relationship with you, Lord, that their gratitude grows for you and what you've done. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name.